episodes because yeah. you had, in, in episode two you realized, oh, this is not what it looked like at face value. Okay. You you realize that, so that's that's why. Maybe I'll try. Yeah. Well, it might not just not be for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be it too. I'm okay accepting that now. Yeah. 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 Well, it's All not right. for everyone. Anyways. Yeah. Welcome to Making the Dough Show. I'm John Cohn. I'm Nate C. Murray. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing okay. Uh, we just talked about our various sufferings of insomnia for a good five minutes. I yep. Think, uh, and both of us are just trying to make it to your damn party. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where that's I it. am right now. Yeah, yeah. So we're both a little zonked. It's a Thursday here. It feels like the 14th or 15th day of the week. Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've got a uh, game that I'm, well, that I'm doing for IDW that has a, some crazy deadlines. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, mm-hmm. we sent it out to a playtesting service, which I've never actually used before. And they said that it would take one week. And then the playtesting service took three and a half weeks. Okay. So then we get it back and they're like, we, we think that this game should have a new mechanic and new components. And by the way, you've got 10 days for your deadline. <laughs> That is intense, and that's it's a licensed game, and it's interesting to hear that kind of feedback from a licensor because typically they only care about likeness, component cost, you know, retail channels, all that sure, kind of stuff. So sure. to hear actual like, well, this wasn't coming from the licensor; this was coming from a paid playtesting service. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what they had felt, and and uh, it's it's funny because you know you get those people too, and you, you never you don't know what exactly their level of skill is in a game and I'm guessing right. it's very high that yep. they play a lot of games because uh, you know this is something we wanted to talk to we can jump right in yeah we'll get it um, yeah. balancing a cooperative game versus a competitive game mm-hmm. um, when you're doing a cooperative game you really have to take into account everybody's skill levels sure uh, if we're playing a competitive game and, and I suck at this game I'm just going to lose because I suck at it and right. everyone else can have their good time and play as well as they want and get what they need out of it and mm-hmm. still feel like it was a balanced experience. But with a cooperative game, if one person sucks, then they can tank the entire team. Uh, and all of a sudden the game has been lost horribly because one or two players didn't understand part of the game or, or were just making really bad strategic choices. Sure. But is this what kind of cooperative is so many things these days because sure. there's, you know, perfect information, limited like, information, limited communication. Tell I'm, us. Ta- I'm talking more about like a pandemic style game okay. where you're dealing with threat management. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one, one thing that we had is I played a lot with different friend groups and with different playtest groups. And it's really important when, with something like this to get a fresh set of eyes mm-hmm. on the game as you, as you play it, because after a certain point you, you start to figure out all of the ins and outs and, sure. uh, you know, that's why I wasn't able to play test it solo after a certain point. Cause it's like, well, I know the optimal move every turn. Right. Um, it's a solvable. It's and a this sol- is, you know, yeah. when it's perfect information co-op. Right. I think you've heard me say this before, but it's not a game. It's a puzzle. Sure. Yes, it is. It's a puzzle puzzle. with some random factors. Absolutely. And this game definitely falls into that category to a Mm -hmm. degree. Um, So we got the feedback from these playtesters and they said, well, the game's way too easy. And I thought, really? Because... We get we. I've been playing it, and everyone I play with tells me that the game is brutally difficult. Right. But so yeah, it's how many times are you playing with your group? First? Exactly. So this is where it comes in of optimal strategies, like you're saying. Right. Is, 
And, you know, this is why video games have it easy because that, you know, they can rebalance a character and, and nerf it as they, they say. And, True. and you, it's much more difficult. You have to ship that box without patch notes on day one. Although plenty of people do now ship patch notes on day one, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But that means playing with the same people over and over to see if they find like that kind of, did these guys find a way to really milk a combo, a, an unbreakable combo in mad, in magic or something like that. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's, and, and, you know, that's definitely part of the game is figuring out there's some traps in the game mm -hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, I, this is some dangling fruit that you, you're going to run for the first time you play, or maybe even the first three times you play. And then eventually you're going to realize, oh, oh, this is, this is not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed okay. to do something else. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's supposed to be learned through trial and error. Right. Um, and so when you've got somebody who's like a group and they play it a hundred times, you've got the same four people who play the game a hundred times. Sure. Yes. The game is going to eventually become easy because mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to become a master at that, at right. that game. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, you know, board games nowadays, it's not like the old days with Monopoly where it's like, well, we're going to play Monopoly every week. Right. Right. You, True, you yeah. play, you're lucky if you get a group to play a game five times total I would, I would say that's a really accurate statement at this point in 2018 of yeah how we play games yeah I and mean, it's just you know everything is so digestible and then you're ready for the next thing and so with a co-op game uh i feel like you know it's if 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 people play this game five times i'll be i will be happy i'll right, be like that's right, right that's cool you played it enough times to really figure out how it works but you the fun is figuring that out the fun is sitting sure. down and going oh man we just got our ass beat right let's set it up and try it again yeah. And that's, that's absolutely true. But unfortunately, you know, you have this vocal gaming community that will say, you know, those, those guys, because they get upset about the value proposition of a pandemic legacy mm -hmm. of only, I'm doing air quotes, uh, getting to play between 12 and 24 times. And it's right. like, actually, it's a great value if you played that game that many times. Absolutely. So, we've, we've had a Charterstone uh, game that was going on with my group and we got eight games in and we, we petered out eventually. We never sure. finished the campaign, but I feel like eight was it was a lot for us. Yeah, yeah. Charterstone was cheap, but yeah, Pandemic Legacy. So, but but you can't so you can't hide behind that excuse on the on this game of saying, well, you figured it out after five. Like now, it's playing itself essentially. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you need you know when when imperfect information co-ops hard because you know now you're going to add what are you going to do to fix that with with players who've gotten good now you have to add m more random things to the setup right which means you know pandemic suffers from this and anyone can admit it there are unwinnable game states yeah and there are very uh, there are games you cruise through like you know just knife through butter absolutely and that's, that's a i would challenge anyone to to tell me a perfect info co-op game that solves that problem Right. And, you know, moving into it, you, you understand that you're going to have those outlier games. Right. What you, the best you can do is to have the majority of the games fall into that kind of sweet spot. Right. It's like, oh, we just barely won or we just barely lost. Yeah. And if I can get five out of, game, five out of ten games won, like, that, that's perfect. Right, that's 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 good. Maybe maybe, maybe. up to six or seven games uh, out of ten. Seven. One. I, see, I like it less. I like thirty three to fifty at most. The I see, I do too. I think that's fun. But for this license, this is a license that I think is going to be um, pretty wide for for families. Yeah. Um, and so for that, I I think it has to be a little bit more on the easy side for 
for families, for, you know, younger kids plus older adults to be able to sit down and play this game and have a good time. I definitely have a hard mode in there that is for, you know, the, the okay. core, core so gamer group. Right. And that's one of the ways to address this is you ratchet up the, you know, starting whatever your, your threat may be and you ratchet up the, or you ratchet down the amount of actions a player has. So right. it's all the little tweaks and shuffles to, but I, you know... I support play to the core of who's going to buy it mm -hmm. and then add in those tweaks and shuffles for these people who are going to play it 20 times and figure out that, you know, just almost instant, like I, you know, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really tough, but I mean, Hey, pandemic's still selling, right? It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun loop and the, that's the one thing is, is that I, that I always get that makes me feel relieved when, when the game is brutally hard and people lose is well, we had a good time playing it. Right. We had fun. It's yeah. just that we, we lost, we crashed and burned. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did, but did we get there in an interesting way? Yeah. Right? That's, exactly. That's it. Was it a monotonous, grindy, slow, dull loss? Or was it a very exciting, we could have escaped that encounter had just one thing gone differently loss? So right. Right. That's, that's where I think you're right in trying to get it, balance it to a, a situation where there are key decisions you remember and you're like, oh. If only we'd saved Istanbul or, you know, if only that die roll hadn't won critical failed. Like, Absolutely. There have been a number of games I've, I've watched because that's the yeah. other thing is, is I have to stay out of the game. When I'm, when I'm playtesting it with people, it's like I can't be a player because I know what the optimal moves are. I'm, I'm, I, can't, right. I have to be just like an impartial watcher. Sure. So, yeah, so, so it is nice though when I see people make those kinds of mistakes and then they barely lose and it's like, well... You guys made a huge error nice. right there, yeah. like round four, that you would have won if you hadn't done that. And maybe the next time you play, if you come in across that situation, you won't make that decision again. So th right. there's also that, but uh, you also have to kind of take the onus on yourself at a certain point and be like, well, maybe people aren't seeing this because they're not, it's not obvious enough to them. Sure, sure. You know? and, so it's, yeah. a it's a very delicate balance and it's been driving me absolutely crazy Maybe yeah this, this game is part of why i've not been sleeping, not been sleeping <laughs> yeah and this is not a genre you've dabbled in before not really no yeah. no i've done semi-cooperative games sure and semi-cooperative is a world apart mm -hmm. from fully co-op yeah you yeah. know there's still that I'm, I'm good at that backstabby element i really like yeah, friend niche. ruining yeah. games yeah when you get away from that it that's you know i don't i don't I'd, I'd say if I was your like agent or manager and you were coming to me with, with the opportunities, I, I would keep you out of this and tell you what to play. Well, would, like, it's just like, it's just like watching, um, uh, ink masters, right? Yeah. You got to be able to, to move into different spaces and get out of your comfort zone every now and then and, and be able to do a tattoo that, uh, that you're not super comfortable with, but still yeah. make a good tattoo. Yeah. You know, and then I, I want to get better at making games. I don't want to just fall back on the thing I'm good at. So you know, it's it it maybe next time I will make sure that I have a longer deadline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the deadline was part of it, but I do think there's some genres where it's just if you're if that's not for you, then then mm -hmm. you stay out because it, 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 yeah, true yeah. that that's that. But speaking of genres that are for you, yeah, we've teased something for oh. six to eight weeks, and we can <laughs> finally say the dang thing. Yes. Why don't you do the honors? <laughs> the game is called Grindhouse. Which you actually named it. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming out on Kickstarter October 30th uh, from Everything Epic. Mm -hmm. uh, the, um, the game is a, a very light uh, mechanics but heavy on theme. It is a horror card game. 
So in this game, the premise is that you are playing as uh, one of six people who have been invited to this uh, spooky, spooky house uh, with the offer to potentially win lots of uh, fabulous prizes. Everybody has an archetype that makes them kind of unique. Mm -hmm. So you could be like, oh, I'm a doctor. Speaking of semi-co-op games. There you go. I'm a doctor, and I want to just keep everybody alive, and I'll get a lot of points in the end if I keep everybody alive. But then the other guy could be the psychopath who just wants to watch everybody suffer and die, um, and they get points for other people dying or getting maimed. Uh, yeah. This is a game where you are frequently losing limbs. You're, you're getting your arms chopped off, your legs chopped off. Uh, you can get your head chopped off. So, um, yeah, it's it's launching on October 30th. I am so excited. This is a game that I originally designed as part of a San Diego Game Jam 2016, and I actually took grand prize on it. Um, and then had had a heck of a time pitching it around because a lot of people were afraid of horror. Right. A lot of publishers were like, oh, no, it's horror. Oh, that's that's too spooky for me. It's violent. Um, but then we found the right publisher who likes that kind of stuff, yeah. and he, you know, he jumped in with both feet, and yeah. uh, and, and boy, it's it's looking great. The art yeah. is looking great. Uh, yeah, I, every time you send me art, I want. I'm like, give the artist name so we can use them too. And <laughs> I already have an expansion slash license play for this. I this is near and dear to my heart because you showed it to me when it was final room fresh yeah. off your your uh design jam contest right and actually at the time what you showed me was a perfect information co-op yeah it was an optimization of when a room happens it's going to cause x bad things to happen which players should suffer those consequences mm -hmm. and then you know as we talked we we kind of went through it a few times and looked at it and added archetypes and reasons why you wouldn't just always go okay, the risk of this room is losing a left arm. Right. You have a left arm to spare, I do not. Or whatever, you know. So so I've been seeing the development, so I'm really excited. And then the cover's up. Um, so, but other than that, the, yeah, the, the logo is like the best ever. It's the best logo. And I think when you started sharing, people were talking about that. They were like, oh, look at that logo. And, and all the shares online have been positive. So that's really good news. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, I couldn't be more excited for this. And then as I you've been listening to the podcast can already tell I'm, I'm a huge horror fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah. this is, this is really my jam right here. Uh, so yeah, I'm super excited for this one to come out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm really, I'm really excited and I'm really excited to see if I can pull off maybe getting our first license and working with everything Epic and with a company on, on something that maybe is no, I don't think I, yeah, I did discuss it on this podcast. If you dug deep, if you were crazy, you could figure out what license I think would work for this. Yeah. And it's super achievable. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And you'll notice we're talking more design today and more theory because uh, all our friends are at Essen. Yep. So business is slow. Yeah. Um, we still need Verona to move forward and we're moving on, holding pretty firm on a light early December. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got, we've been talking with the, the teacher of the marketing class. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be scheduling that soon. So we're going to be uh, Mr. Nate and Mr. John coming right. up soon. We're going to yeah. come in and yeah. see if we can give this a, this class a project. Right. Unlike Tom Hanks, who would just be like, just call me Tom, class. <laughs> no big deal. Oh, Jesus. We're still on this, huh? <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I saw you posting on the Facebook to our last episode, mm -hmm. even more uh, of these these Tom, yeah. Tom yeah. Hanksisms. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey, I'm, I'm up for it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's the neighborhood cool dad that buys extra sets of glasses so all the kids can look at the sun eclipse and like so the poor kid doesn't have to use a paper tube with, with like a little dot yeah. through it. Sure. Yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. So I've, no, all right. All right. Let me, let me set up a situation and you tell me what Tom Hanks is the kind of dad for right now. Okay. There are, uh, there's some kids on my street. We live on a dead end street. Sure. sure. They've built a skateboard ramp. Okay. And they are skateboarding all day, every day. Literally, yeah. I just drove here at 1230 in the afternoon. And there's a kid out there. It's mm -hmm. Thursday. Yeah. He's not in school. What, like, what are these kids doing? They're driving my dogs crazy. Okay. They're skateboarding all the time on this ramp. Yeah. What would, what would Tom Hanks' dad do hey. as the neighbor in this situation? Hey, you know what? Tom Hanks, he goes out there. He comes out with a skateboard. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He, you know what he does? He, he gains their trust. Oh. He, gets re he builds rapport. Okay. And he's like, so uh, you guys off school today or what? And, uh, you know, he, he kind of gets the deets. He gets the details and he figures out where they live and he figures out their school. Real cool, real cool, you know, and he's just skating on. He doesn't go up the ramp. He's not that good, you know. Sure, sure. He lets the kids try and teach him an ollie. Okay. He knows how to ollie. This is the secret, John. He actually oh. knows. Tom doesn't do the ollie. He lets them pretend that he's bad at it. Oh. Well, Tom's been there before. Tom was on the streets too. Tom knows his kids. He feels bad for these kids. So all he does is just gentle nudging, figures out where they go to school, figures out the parents, and you know, does some inquiries. This is this is checks on their households. This is 1980s Tom Hanks, not 2018 Tommy Hanks, because uh, Tom Hanks can still pop an ollie. Yeah, no, no. I just, yeah. I just mean uh, uh, a a cool dad wandering around a neighborhood, finding out where the kids live and what what. Oh no, no, no. He, he connects. He sends the, you know, he gets on that uh, the uh, neighborhood app. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, and he All just right. kind of he snoops around a little bit and he does some gentle nudging. Tom, this situation he handles behind the scenes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Make okay. sure the school's caring for me. Make sure their parents are taking care of him. You know, are their parents checking out? And then maybe not. Maybe he shows up. Hey, you guys got you hungry? Get some in for lunch, you know? Oh. And it's like, hey, get some, some sandwiches the next time they're out there skating. Oh, nice. It's like, hey, guys, you know what? Got the dogs out here, man. Maybe we change the skating hours a little bit, you know? Maybe I help you build a bigger ramp. We move, you know, we just adjust a little bit. I'll keep it here for you so it's safe. You knock on my door, I bring the ramp out. Now he's got control. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. And he's got some apple slices with peanut butter on him. No, they don't mess with that. He gets some like he gets some like cool stuff, like Totino's pizza rolls. Uh, yeah, Totino's <laughs> ba baked lays, not like full on lays, but like baked, so oh. it's a little healthier. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> you you got your your Tom Hanks down. Uh, I know Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. And that that book uh, that book really really spoke to you. Yeah, it did. It's in. That's the license, by the way. We're going with for we're, for the Grindhouse. It's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he welcomes you in his home. Tom Hanks's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, talking about, um, we were talking about, before we, we went on this topic, yeah, so we were talking class. about Verona and we were yeah, talking yeah, about class. We you, you've, you've been talking project. to the artist, uh, Shaqui. Yeah, Shaqui needs a template and unfortunately our, our, actually we might be changing this, but we had a business arrangement with someone who I was trying to use their template for box size. We may no longer go that direction, but our new partner, Oh, vagities. Oh, well, yeah. This is such great, interesting stuff to listen to. Just me being vague. What, should I do another six minutes on Hanks riff? Anyway, I, we need to get the artist the template of the box. And that's holding us up. But we will get that very soon. Gotcha. Gotcha. And meanwhile, I'm working on the Creepies version of Council of Verona. The Council of Creepies. Yes. Um, we, we, I'm getting a prototype together ready. Uh, what, what I've been doing to kind of give some background on, on 
how to sort of redevelop a game that we already like right um is you know what what is not present in this game but could be present yes um this is a game that is take that retroactively it's take that after you've already the game has already ended correct and then you reveal everything and see it and so um there's still going to be a lot of that in the game but i want to have a little bit more uh, getting out in front of it and and really messing with people um, during the game. So whereas in Council of Verona you have these poison and antidote tokens that are hidden, um, I want to have these backstab and frontstab tokens. Hilarious and perfect. So the backstab token is face down just like any other one and at the end of the game you reveal it and what backstab will do is it uh, removes a token that someone has already placed. Mm -hmm. So rather than nullifying an entire card, it's just nullifying one move. And, um, and in the game, you know, there's only three spaces per card that you can put tokens down. So right. if you're eliminating one of those, it creates an opportunity for someone else to swoop in there. Right. Um, Conversely, I want to have the front stab token that you actually place face up and everyone knows that you've placed it at the time you've placed it. And you're doing the same exact thing. You're removing one token, but you're doing it right in the middle of the game. And yeah. not just that, but you're also taking up a slot on a card. So if somebody's got it is all in, you know, like for instance, there in Council of Verona, you could have one where it's like, oh, this card scores if there's more Montagues than Capulets mm -hmm. on the board. So if some, someone you know is like really heavy into the Montagues and they're, they're right. clearly doing a winning strategy, I can do this front stab yes. and knock them out of what, they were, what their strategy was. And it kind of just shakes things up mid-game. Yeah, um, the, the, if, if I had any criticism of Council of Verona, it's when you're playing the five player, the, the bigger game. You, there's just a little bit of chaos. You don't sure. really know what's going on because there's so many things going on. A lot so of to be a, yeah, yeah, so to be able to kind of get out in front and do things more actively, perfect. I think would would really add that element to the five player, the larger number games, and give you a, a real sense of what's going on. Yeah, and I, I love that note. I think it's really smart. And then you got to work in front stab, which is ridiculous and perfect. It fits the universe. Yeah, yeah. It's a very creepy joke. So it's exactly what I was hoping to see. And, and I love that idea and I'm, I'm excited to test that out yeah so we'll yeah. be testing that out and uh, Isaac we're testing your game after this yes oh I got a this is an interesting note I, so a designer sent us a game a week ago uh, and then uh, he said hey you play that Friday and I was like you know what Friday we, we didn't but we're d meeting and so we'll play and then he goes yeah well you have a podcast now so I, it reminds me to bug you I was like <laughs> oh one interesting thing about being public to the world is that uh, but that's good it keeps us on our toes make sure I don't think we have any other submitted prototypes we have not played. No, we've played pretty much everything that we've received. Yeah. Um, the only or at ones... least we review it because right. there are some that just don't fit things right. we can execute. Yeah. Um, you know, when Sen sends a message with a $100 or $200, when he sends the next like tumbling dice to me, I'm like, I can't make that, man. I, right. I still can't make that. Right. We're just not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, no. This Isaac game looks really fun, and we've got it. We've got it ready to to play after this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna test that one and uh, and and see how it goes. Yep. And we are open to submissions. So if you want to uh, reach out to either of us on Facebook or Twitter, or if you want to go through the official channels of Bread and Circuses Rocks at gmail .com, go ahead and send uh, send us a mishy. Yeah, there we go. Be, that sounded be, very official. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there ready. And then I'm, I'm gearing up to judge the Cardboard Edison contest again. Oh, yeah. I'm um, one of their many bearded white male judges. Uh, it, just, it, looks it looks ridiculous when you see all the judges that look exactly like you. And you're like, I really got to 
change something about Ooh. my life. When, when is that? Give, let's give listeners a little bit of background on that if, if they don't know what it is. Um, the Cardboard Edison is a contest in which, and if you don't know Cardboard Edison in general and you're a designer or, or even publisher or developer, uh, follow them on Twitter because they post a bunch of great content. They're really mm-hmm. nice people. Suzanne and Chris, uh, last name redacted because Nate can't say it. Starts with a Z. I'm not even gonna bother. Um, <laughs> so yeah, for the 2019, let's see. They, had, I mean, they they get a bunch of industry. If you join this contest, they get a bunch of industry professionals to judge your thing. Like, and they'll give you the notes. And sometimes, like, you can be a coward, you judges, and judge anonymously. But I leave my name on it. So if I gave you a two across the board, you can talk to me about it. And that's it. So I think. Let's see. I'm trying to find the submissions for it, but. They're locking in judges in the next month, and then I believe they'll open it up after that. But check them out in general. Cardboard Edison, a lot of great information. They cover publishing costs. They cover average royalties. They get deep dive into what it takes to be in the business. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, And they're designers as well. And then they do, for some of the judges, go judge the finals actually in person out in Jersey or something like that. I prefer submit just you know I, I judge more I think than anyone else on the first round mm-hmm. in order to not feel bad about judging subsequent rounds gotcha so okay yeah well, I've seen some cool. great games on there that I think have gone to publication now very cool so it's a good contest yeah that sounds exciting oh you just reminded me too since since we're we're doing some plugs too yeah, uh, plug. I'm, I'm gonna be a um, panel member okay. at the Comic Con Museum in Balboa Park on November 3rd okay. they're doing a storytelling across mediums uh, day so you've got people who are doing you know storytelling in comics storytelling in video games storytelling in movies nice um, and I'm going to be on the storytelling in board games panel. awesome so and it's it's kind of perfect timing because there's a lot of storytelling in Grindhouse um, and I can kind of right. talk about that a little yeah. bit uh, but you know and also talking about because I, I have done these licensed games at this point I've done Ninja Turtles I've done Dragon Ball Z I've got this other one that we can't talk about the name of yet sure sure um, so you know there there certainly is a method of converting the narrative or at least the the themes of a story uh, into something that's maybe a little bit more of an extra abstract experience like a board game so that should be really fun if you're in San Diego um, and around on November 3rd yeah, I think there's a website that you can pre-register but I think you can also just show up no, there's just this is it's like kind of like the grand opening of the Bumbleo Park Cool. Uh, Comic Con Museum. That's which great. They've been teasing for like two years yeah. now. Uh, yeah. And it's finally going to open. And I'm really excited. And there's some really good people there. Jonathan Ying is going to be on the panel. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be um, Imperial Assault designer and yeah. designer of Splat for IDW. Right. And it's going to be moderated by Bargain Quest uh, for himself. A little bit, little bit of a controversial name around, around these parts right now, but it's going to be moderated by Ross Thompson. Um, uh, Ross, you backstabbing son of a bitch! <laughs> I, I hope Ross gets the joke. But since he, Ross has left IDW to go back to USAopoly, and when he posts on Facebook, I consistently post negative things on the, <laughs> in the threads. And hopefully, he gets that I'm messing with him. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Well, you're going to see him this Saturday at the uh, at the party. There so you go. He's going to be Agent Swift, FBI. I'm going to see him a lot then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. You're going to be you're going to be tangoing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes two to take. Who are you? You're you're a Ricky Mammal, right? Yeah. Is that you? I'm an exotic animal handler. Right. That's all I do, John. That's my whole business, I swear. <laughs> I've been Excellent. experimenting with accents. Like, this party goes deep. Again, we're bringing this back up. But I, I've been like, can I do an accent all night? And I just, I cannot. Uh, it's unfortunate because I have it in mind, but I, I can't do it. Well, you can. I might you can... deepen my voice, get a little growly, but. Uh, sure. 
Yeah, but it's gonna be tough. Uh, you know, it's whatever whatever you can do to have fun with your character. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly. what we really want to promote is people just having a good time. Yep. However, like whatever level of commitment they want to do. Yeah, I, I go to insane lengths because I'm a crazy person. Yes. Uh, we I've been decorating my house. My my arm is worn out because I've spent every hour at home uh, cutting out with an exacto knife circles of crepe paper because I decided to make our living room the polka dot room, and then I put like I put like fifty or sixty, and, and I was like, this isn't nearly enough. I need like four times this amount. It's been it's been it's been a lot. Did, been a lot. I have to ask this question. Did you? Go to this site that I've heard of. It's a small site. It's uh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. You had, looked for circle. I did. Polka dot decorations. I sure did. Okay. And I had okay. a, I had a difficult time. Okay. I had a difficult time. Yeah. It was not what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, we've got. I bought a bunch of streamers there, and we've got the stripe room. Oh, nice. Um, but now we've also got a polka dot room, and I. Uh, yeah. Okay. I spent yeah. a, I spent a lot of time on this. It's, it's taken two and a half months to get this party. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Uh, like legitimately two and a half months. We might we might we might have to just have an episode of a down a breakdown of the party like the, because yeah. it will be you know yeah we'll have the party episode which will be just as unlistenable as the rest of this stuff and <laughs> but really really focused. Well, we'll post some pictures so that people get an yeah, idea. Nice. It won't, it won't yeah. just be us vaguely mentioning things yeah. that we can't fully talk about. Well, like this was like kind yeah. of the whole point. Because I was we... seven bourbons deep and just like <laughs> I think I killed a guy. One one of the things that we had discussed when we first started this company was like we want to do we want to do the Brandon Sanderson model of like we're going to be really open about what yeah. we're working on yeah, yeah. and like really share with with our fans and with uh, with the general public what we're doing and then we've we've kind of hurtled into realization of why no one else does this because it's not super interesting when you can't talk about most of the things yeah. that you're doing. Well, yeah, and that's why it's funny because we I try and keep our games face up. But yeah. yeah, a lot of your license work right now is face down and yeah. some of the back end stuff that I thought I'd be able to just talk about openly, it turns out got more complicated and got more legal. So, right. uh, unfortunate, but we share I think we're as open. I mean, our designers were all very excited when we were like yeah, tell everyone. Dude, yeah, go ahead. You know, yeah, play absolutely. Test, play test openly. No fear. Right. No NDAs. Right. I'm not, I'm not NDAing anyone. No, and and we we've been trying to schedule to have Rocco on uh, on the show, and we're gonna we we're gonna get yes. him on sometime soon, so we can talk about picture it some more. And the house at Haunting Hill. Oh yeah. A teaser of yeah. what's to come. Yeah. There's there's some there are some differing opinions on that show. Yeah. I'm gonna still stand by. It's it's my number one show this year. Okay. I, I hold it above everything else. This yeah. even better than Cobra Kai in my opinion. Really? Oh yeah. This is my number one. I mean, it's such a different show. It's hard to compare. But it as is. far as like so sheer entertainment and enjoyment, Just... I got out of it, and like hours that I've thought about it when I'm not watching it. Yeah. House on Haunted Hill takes it. Hmm. It takes it. Okay. <laughs> We'll save the conversation. Yeah. Well, we will because I, I was gonna I was gonna do a bit to transfer into my pick, but I, I will save that for for Rocco. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. So you been you been doing anything good this week on on a non business front? We're on a we're on a low week. We know we've touched, we've hit all our points. Nothing else moving. Yeah. No. So we we bought a Wheaton is the only thing we can work on right now. Picture it is going behind that. Right. We could we could build that tomorrow. We should discuss co- what the cover looks like of that. That should be a very mass appeal cover. Yeah. That should be a target worthy cover. We should go to Target and look at it and look at what's out there and make sure we're not identical but we're in the ballpark. Yeah. I think and that's hey, a great there's, idea. there's a lesson when you're planning covers and go look at box templates and go do all that stuff because you want to fit a planogram because 
all the boring stuff to making this stuff into target it matters right. absolutely so we'll do that next but yeah just uh i don't have a fun nickname for picture it well, that's unfortunate We'll make one we, up when Rocco's on the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll come up yeah. with a good one. Yeah. All right. We, we bought a drawing game. We bought a, we bought a, we bought a drawing game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the one who comes up with those names. That's not, yeah. that's not really my wheelhouse. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, something very in my wheelhouse is a book I've been reading this mm. week. Uh, very so cool. literate, Nate. I, well, you know, I used to read maybe 100 books a year. And then that wow. number dropped down to 12. And then last year it was six. And that was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And so I know that my our former CEO, but still co-owner of IDW, Ted Adams, finds a way to re- read 100 books a year. And so I said, well, I'm going to try and at least read more. Because if he has the time and he does all these important things and I'm a doofus, then I'm going to read more. <laughs> and, it's, and it's good for my brain reading as opposed to grinding my star realms uh, Dumal, I kicked your butt. What's up? Uh, it's a <laughs> player on the game that has like all these points right now. And we played heads up and he made two terrible plays. And I couldn't believe, I was thinking he was four levels above me. And when I go to poker, it's like, you know, the first thing is you play your cards. The second thing is you play the other guy's cards. The third thing is you play the cards that you think the other guy thinks you have. And the fourth thing is, you know, the other guy's playing the cards that he thinks you think he has and the fifth thing and that's, it bounces back to like inth level thinking mm-hmm. uh, and so I thought he was doing that no he was just making bad moves so I was right so I stomped him uh, so he can he can anyway <laughs> well sometimes you don't get the good cards no 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 he made actively bad plays uh, right. there, there's a difference right. so I, I talked to J.R. Honeycutt about his bad plays he, he had leaks and I actually have What's extra funny is JR is messaging me right now about Star Realms. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, <laughs> you uh, got to tell him. You got to tell him. No, I'll line. read this on air. Got mine today. I think I'm 17-2 over the past three runs. Fuck Damala and Salental. Yeah, what's up? Got Star Realms beef. <laughs> right. so, oh, that's not Salental. That's Silent AI. Oh. Those are two Silent of the top. Tall. So Silent like, AI. Yeah, those are two of the top 10 players. So uh, JR is number two. Silent is number one. And Damala came out of nowhere. And kicked me out of the top ten and is ranked four right now or something Ooh. crazy. So all right, well, all right. Does that start on talk? Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I am reading when I'm not reading trash talk. I'm reading Never Split the Difference, negotiating as if your life depended on it. Hmm. And uh, it's by Chris Voss with Tall Roz, and uh, Chris was a FBI top negotiator. Oh wow! Yeah, and so he uh, he takes the lessons that the F- FBI and I'll, I'll spoil a little the first chapter of why this book is important and why negotiation was important to the FBI um, it's because they were really bad at it <laughs> for a long time so in the 70s plane hijacking was a big deal and like D.B. Cooper uh, is that earlier I don't remember what D.B. Cooper was the 80s I believe was it oh but this was more like you know uh, rebels taking a plane to Guatemala or whatever like crazy ah. things like that but um, they had a very high-profile failure in which they got some hostages killed by act, acting with aggression too early. Okay. In the 90s, cults were a thing. We might all remember, well, not all of us, I don't know, but the Branch Davidian, uh, the, the crash, the FBI raid on David Koresh and his followers. Mm-hmm. That was due to faulty negotiation. And so after that, they put more focus into understanding how to, I think they were dealing, they were treating negotiation as one rational person talking to another rational person. And I think they realized the evolution of, oh, 
you might be talking to an irrational person who thinks they're God. And so how do you deal with that in that situation? And so he's put all these lessons into 10 chapters of how to negotiate. And it's incredibly interesting and it is useful in your life because even if uh, you're not debating with someone who thinks they're God, you might be, be debating with someone who's not understanding your point of view from the same place as you are mm-hmm. or has a different motive or has short-term motives versus long-term motives. And maybe we need to get through those short-term motives and get to their long-term motives of how they really would prefer to see season two of Cobra Kai <laughs> instead of season two of House on Haunted Hill. And so I would say... Obviously, that's the show you need more seasons of. There's so much more story to delve into. Well, I'm not going to debate with you there. Uh, House on Haunted Hill wraps up like a neat, perfect little bow at the end. I do not want them to continue this story. Um, I desperately want to see what happens next in Cobra Kai. So I'm in full agreement with you there. There you go. So I've won that argument. (laughs) So that's the trick. Never split the difference. (laughs) Boom. Uh, So find the point that you you, that you can you know get get an agreement on. Find the yes. There's a like. There's a bunch of books like this, and I used to be a uh, in sales and all that. So these kind of books are fun, but I, I do think this is just even for life. Like it's good for, you know, understanding your value at your company. And should you, you know, ask, you know, everyone's nervous about asking for more money, but he covers that or, you know, even relationships, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And it's not like tricks. It's like, Hey, you know, there's psychology behind this and, and be calm and carry on. So pretty cool book. Um, not gonna lie. Dude's got an ego. So, uh, took me 15 pages to just go, okay, I'm reading something from someone with, who's got an ego and I have an ego and I'll get past his. I also think a really funny thing is that the Kindle price is insanely expensive. Really? It's a $19 Kindle. Oh, wow. It's not that long. Yeah. And the, the most Kindle books I've seen are like $8.99. Yeah. If it's over $8.99, I'm like, oh, so I waited a, uh, it was recommended to me by a friend. Uh, so I, I waited a minute and I was like, I'm going to read it. He read a book I recommended to him. I'll read this back. We'll be able to talk, but it's only 275 pages. Oh dear. Yeah. But I feel like that was them not splitting the difference with digital. And mm-hmm. so I actually kind of appreciated it. Cause I was like, it's kind of an, I'm not, no, we're not backing down and giving you a digital discount. You'll pay 19 bucks. <laughs> and there was no free sample. He negotiated it. They, yeah, that that was the best possible like example right yeah, there of, right. of him being effective yeah there was, and no free sample oh man nothing i just had to pay 19 bucks and not split the difference Jeez. with him so that, that but uh pretty good i i thought and i i negotiate like that i'm about to do that in an hour and a half there's going to be a very similar thing for in my life so we'll, we'll update on that on the party episode but gotcha. th- i'm sure things will be fine or or they won't uh but yeah never split the difference chris Voss, get over the ego and uh you know learn what he has to say and enjoy some really high pressure fbi stakes moments he's going into actual scenarios he was in or claims to have been in who knows uh but really fun stuff so i, I i'm enjoying it once i settled into the, the writing style got it yeah that's cool well, my my thing this week is uh, maybe maybe a little less lower stakes. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to this podcast because you know it is Halloween season. Sure. It's of October. I'm listening to a podcast called Spooked uh, by Snap Judgment. And I okay. have to say by, oh, Snapped by Snap Judgment, Judgment. because yeah. there's another podcast called Spooked that's just about like people doing improv. And I was like, I started listening to it on a recommendation uh, from a, another former IDW person, Grace Anello. Um, okay. And she was like, yeah, you got to listen to this podcast. But she just said spooked. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to it and I'm like, 
is this what she's listening to? Because this doesn't seem like her jam. Yeah. This is a really silly, goofy, nonsense podcast. And then I went and I, I saw that there was another podcast called Spooked. Okay. And I went, oh, this, this is the one she yeah. was trying to get me. And to so listen. Snap Judgment is the NPR show that's high quality storytelling yes. curated. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so th- this show uh, is a bunch of people telling, quote unquote, real stories uh, mm-hmm. of supernatural run-ins they've had or mm-hmm. experiences they've had. Um, some of them are more of a, you know, this is a fun, interesting story that you made up. Sure. Uh, But a lot of them, you know, they're all told by the person who claims they experienced it. So some of them, you know, you're listening, you're like, wow, yeah, this, I believe that you had this kind of a weird, spooky experience and I I don't have an explanation for it. You know, you don't have an explanation for it. It's just one of those weird, spooky things that happened. The way I can usually tell between if one is real or made up is at the end, if the guy then tells you to try to buy their book, I'm like, oh, well, that's all made up. Oh, hilarious. Like, no, oh, this is that's for promotion? Yeah. No, this is all bullshit. Right. Uh, but there's a few of them that like legit gave me like tingles, like sp- nice. spine chills. It was really good. Um, there's two seasons up right now. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's hauntings. There are... Oh, cool. I just listened to one where a woman got freaked out. She's a taxidermist and she, her squirrel she was working on was like attacking her as she was working on it. And it's like, this is such a weird story that like, I have no reason but to believe you. Right. But it's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Um, So you get these very weird, very out there stories. Mm. And some of them though, some of them are so spooky. It's like this guy's in Ireland and he works with kids and this kid is like, yeah, I mean, I hang out with this kid all the time who lives in the woods and like, whatever, like, no, I'm not going to tell you his parents are, I don't know his parents and he won't tell me about it, but he loves the A team and he loves his like Neo Geo or something. And it's like, well, those are things that were popular in the eighties. And then at the end of the episode, we find out that this like mom went nuts and like murdered her kid in the woods and then herself in the eighties. And you're like, well, well shit. Like this guy's a child therapist. Like he's, and the whole time he's looking at it like, well, you know, there's a lot of time that these like pedophile rings have kids that come in and start talking to other kids and they try to bring them out into the woods and they try to do this. So he's like, so I'm looking at this from like a clinical standpoint. Wow. Like this guy doesn't sound like a quack. He doesn't sound like somebody wow. who's, who has ulterior motives to like try and say something like this. Um, and he's just telling the story where he's like, look, I have no explanation for this. Like there's no reason why a seven year old in 2018 hmm. should know what the A-team is. Hmm. in Ireland yeah um, so it's it's really really interesting um, some of them like I said you, you know your mileage will vary when you listen to the stories sure much like snap judgment itself yeah, yeah. I, I will say the vast majority of them at, at the very least are really entertaining yeah, there's only one that I was like ugh I, I actively hated this one it was this guy who was in he was in the military and he's in Baghdad and he's basically like admitting that he breaks into people's houses and loots for fun and like Oof. and like does all this horrible stuff and then he's like yeah no, I stole like this family's paintings and then this ghost like tried to trap me in this room but you know I wasn't going to drop the paintings like I know what he wanted but I kept those paintings it's like <laughs> screw you dude yeah. like, you're, you're a bad human being yeah. and he's like kind of telling the story like braggadocious it's like nah, I don't like this huh. but every strange because that's not legal I mean the military should be looking at that and he's, like, he's like I'm part of a kill team so like I'm the gunner I'm, I'm using like a gun that can shoot a thousand rounds per second but um, my gun doesn't do anything against ghosts oh, it's like 
all right, dude. It's brutal. Like, he, at one point, he even says, he's like, you know what the feeling was? It was like, when you snort in a fat rail. It's like, dude, why are you oh, saying this God. on the radio? It's like, just, you understand that this is... There's on... no way that guy was a real person. That's a character. It was nuts. And I'm, I, like, That's that one, I hated. But every yeah. other story I've at least enjoyed listening to. Okay. Cool. Um, so, and, and it's people all over the world. Yeah, yeah. So you get yeah. stories, you know, you, the, the scariest ones come from people who, like, grew up in Mexico. And they're like, yeah, you want to know a story about the Bruja, like... I got a story or like nice. I got a story about a, a, we watched a, a clown die at a circus and then he haunted us and killed our dog. It's like, what the fuck? This okay. is, this is maybe, spooky. Uh, we might've hit, you might've hit too scary for Nate there at the end. I was in and then now uh, maybe I'm out. <laughs> well, that, those are, those are like, if you hear one where the guy's like, yeah, I'm from Mexico. You're like, oh, gear up. Cause this yeah. one's going to be scary. Buckle up, huh? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and do you believe in ghosts? I've never had a ghostly encounter. I've never had a ghost experience. I'm open to it. Okay. Delaney uh, will will swear that she's had a ghostly experience. She's got a story. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we should get her on at some point, and and yeah. she'll she'll tell it better than I can. Okay. But um, you can trade. I have a great one. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. She, she's got a good one. My my mom's got a good one. Uh, yeah. But I've never had a ghostly experience. Okay. I had an I had a UFO experience. Ooh, me too. But uh, but no ghost experience. Yeah. I'm afraid of no. Ghosts. I think the UFO actually, in hindsight, was like a really dope shooting star. But it was it was like this very slow, very bright thing. And, but it was beautiful. Oh, that's cool. We were confused. But yeah. I think I think it just had to have been a huge slow shooting star. Hmm. But it was the brightest thing in the world. It was great. That's good cool. thing I've seen. But my yeah, we'll we'll share a spooky stories sometime. Well, cool. All right. All right. Well, it's time to go play test. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we gotta okay. play test some stuff. We gotta play test this game. Uh, we gotta play Isaac's game, and then we're gonna play test this this game that I have this ludicrous deadline for. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, don't shop at mattress. Fart. Check out Castle on ABC. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it. <laughs>